Al-Bayan Radio presents the following program, asking Allah that it serves as a benefit for all. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wassalatu wassalamu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Assalamu alaikum dear brothers and sisters and welcome to Al-Bayan Radio. We are live for our second episode of Misconceptions Around the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I'm your host Abu Abdurrahman. And I'm very pleased to be joined by my dear brother, the Sheikh Arshad. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh Arshad. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you today? Alhamdulillah, I'm good. It's good to have you with us once again. How have you been since our last meeting? Alhamdulillah, just enjoying the uh, change of weather and looking forward to um, the month of the Hijjah coming up. What was that? Enjoying the the month of weather, this the, the month cold. of weather, the change of weather, the cold. You like the cold? Yeah, I grew up in New Zealand, so I'm I'm pretty used to the, the cold. Yes, New Zealand's um, known for its uh, cold weather. Cold weather, yep. And other stuff. Yeah, the All Blacks, <laughs> the sheep, the sheep. Alhamdulillah. How long did you live in New Zealand for? For about uh, approximately about ten years. Since I was nine, I moved from Fiji. I did uh, my high school in uh, and my schooling in in New Zealand. And hundred percent, you played rugby. Once upon a time for high school, yeah. We have something in common. I played rugby as well. Oh, uh, yeah? But we were more rugby league schools. Rugby league schools. Rugby league yeah. upbringing. Yeah, rugby league uh, is is famous in New Zealand as well, but more so Union. The Union is yeah. well known for that. Yeah, so you, yeah. from New Zealand, you enjoyed the, the cold weather until now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alhamdulillah. And then uh, when I came to Australia, <laughs> it was a big, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, climatization required because of the heat. Never experienced 40 degrees. <laughs> so you struggle yeah. in, in the heat? Not yeah. anymore, alhamdulillah. But uh, when I did uh, migrate to Australia, yeah. Alhamdulillah, yeah. alhamdulillah. So it's good. You, you enjoy winter. It's it's June. We are in winter now. And it has been getting a bit colder in the mornings the last few days. Yeah, alhamdulillah. 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 We'd like to welcome all our viewers and listeners, wherever you may be watching or listening to this episode of Misconceptions Around the Prophet wasallam. As we said, this is episode number two and today we'll be continuing our discussions on on the on on some of the misconceptions that especially the orientalists bring up against the life of the prophet the seerah of the prophet and in today's episode specifically to do with the hadith <coughs> of the prophet now Sheikh Arshad, just quickly are we able to maybe just give a quick recap uh, very quickly on what we took in episode number one in episode number one, we looked at uh, the definition of Orientalism, uh, when it started, when it began. We looked at, uh, we discussed a few um, personalities and uh, their objectives as well. And we discussed the sources of Sirah and the attitudes of the Orientalists towards the sources of the Sirah. And we mentioned that the sources of the Sirah, the Quran, uh, the Hadith of the Prophet Muhammad in the uh, Maghazi literature, and the Orientalists have different approaches um, to these sources. And we summed it up saying that uh, with regards to Hadith literature in our previous uh, podcasts, uh, they take the reports in isolation out of context without looking into the um, Quranic verses. No. They also look at uh, uh, the verses in isolation as well. And we mentioned that um, they're taking a passage out of the context of that. If they are long verses of the Quran, they look at, for example, the beginning of those verses um, 
the 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 conclusion of those verses as well um and they uh came up with a lot of assumptions even to the extent that some of them uh, uh believed that Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam did not occur any uh, the name Muhammad did not occur in any of the Meccan surahs and the prophet sallallahu adopted that name in the uh, madani uh, period so there were a series of assumptions that they made uh, with regards to the um, Quranic verses. And in today's um, session, inshallah, we're going to look at um, the assumptions and their attitudes with regards to the hadith, the prophetic hadith and the Maghazi literature. Excellent. Barakallah fiqdi, Sheikh. Now, for those who missed out on episode number <coughs> one of this new podcast, you can just go to the description there on, on our YouTube channel. Ben Radio Australia, and you can catch up with episode number one. And likewise, those watching on Facebook, uh, you can see in the comments section there or the description uh, of the post right there. Now, the uh, Sheikh, you mentioned there how the Orientalists or, or the way they they try to cause uh, misconceptions and doubts, especially to do with 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 the Sunnah, which, as we mentioned before. Is from the primary sources of Islam. As we discussed in episode number one, we have the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet. Mm-hmm. And as we know, it's the second most important um, source for the seerah of the Prophet. And on Islam in general, you have the Quran yeah. and Sunnah of the Prophet. But before we, we define the Sunnah, we derive the Sunnah from the Hadith. So it's very important, Sheikh, for us to discuss. What is the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu what is, what, is, what is a hadith? Well, the hadith of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is any report of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, whether it be his sayings, his actions, tacit approvals, his manners, physical characteristics, uh, or any type of uh, biographical data about the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So that's the definition of a hadith. And as we know that the hadith is um, composed of two parts. There's the matan and the isnad. The matan is the text of the hadith and the isnad is the chain of uh, reporters leading up to the actual narration. And both of um, these two parts of hadith, they have to meet stringent requirements um, for it to be acceptable by the scholars of hadith. And this is the whole field and the scholars who have sacrificed their whole life for the last 15 centuries, basically, generation after generation, yeah. servicing this science of hadith. That's correct. That's correct. And Sheikh, you graduated from the hadith faculty or sharia in Medina University? So in Medina University, I did, uh, after graduating from the, the Arabic department, I did a year of um, hadith. And then I transferred to um, the uh, the faculty of Dawah and Usuluddin. Excellent. Be- before yeah. we continue with this, what's the healthy healthy competition between the Hadith faculty and the Fiqh or Sharia faculty? What's what's the go there? <laughs> well, the faculty of Dawah stays out of the, the, oh, the, the conflict. Oh, you're out of it. So you you, you really <laughs> yeah, you didn't um, see that. <laughs> you don't jump in there and as a third. Team? No, no, we we we're quite. Uh, Silent. Oh, be no, healthy, no, no. isn't it? it? Gets gets competitive, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. Uh, but it's just a healthy uh, banter between the two faculties. Alhamdulillah. Okay. So uh, the hadith there you you define there, uh, and we always hear sunnah. Yeah. So is there a difference between the hadith 
and Sunnah or the Hadith is part of the Sunnah or you know maybe some people have mis- misunderstood Sunnah when it's used from the legislative yep. point of view that it's you know it means a recommendation. How do we understand these two terms? Well, the difference between the term Hadith and Sunnah. One must realize that the difference of wording amongst the scholars uh, with regards to terminologies is something that a student of knowledge, that a reader um, on Islamic knowledge will encounter. This is something normal. We find um, different uh, uh, among scholars of Islam. They use um, different words for different uh, terminologies. Now, with regards to sunnah and hadith, we may say that these two words may mean the same the same in one context or in some context, and it may mean something different in other contexts. So an example of it meaning something the same. So whatever is narrated from or about the Prophet Muhammad wasallam of words, actions, or approvals may be called hadith or it may be called sunnah. So tacit approvals. Um, you know, people might not be aware of such a term. That's uh, silent approvals of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu um, So actions which were done by the Sahaba, the companions, um, in front of the Prophet Sallallahu and the Prophet Sallallahu was silent about it. This is also... Or he, or he approved it and, and, and motivated the, or encouraged it. Yeah, yeah. So these were silent, and he didn't mention anything on it, on the, on the, on the actual action taking uh, place in front of him. So these are tacit approvals or... Um, that's very important, this because yeah. the Prophet ﷺ doesn't remain quiet on wrongdoing done in front of him. That's correct. He, and then, he has to correct it. He has to correct it. Um, that's amazing. And that's something that uh, we as students of knowledge, um, readers of Islamic or sacred knowledge, we must understand. Um, so that's with regards to sunnah and hadith being used in the same context. And there are other contexts as well um, that both of them could mean the same um, the same thing. An example of uh, the terms differing is that the term sunnah is applied to the Prophet wasallam's guidance, which is well established in a general sense in all of his affairs, meaning his path that he has showed us, his methodology and his way. In this context, the scholars do not usually use the term hadith, but they rather use the term sunnah regarding his methodology, his, his guidance, his path. And yeah. sunnah, as we know, Shaf, yeah. I, know, I know it's for another topic, but it can yeah. mean also the aqidah. That's It also correct. means something which is recommended and not obligatory. Yeah. So it depends on what context is used and what field as well, because there's different fields as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct. And it's upon the student of knowledge to be well acquainted with the, with the scholars, uh, or the works of the scholars and you know how they have written books, uh, the methodology that they have written books and ask uh, people um, who have more knowledge uh, uh, than them um, uh, regarding books, regarding different topics um, uh, which scholars have authored uh, about terminologies. Um, because if you keep it upon yourself to determine what the author has uh, written and, and try to understand what he is trying to convey in that particular book, if you leave it to yourself without referring to a, a qualified sheikh who has an ijazah in that book or uh, not necessarily an ijazah but understands that book, yes, um, you are going to fall into mistakes if you try to interpret it yourself. Sheikh, after defining what is a hadith, what is the definition of a hadith and the difference between the term hadith and sunnah, yeah. how do these orientalists, uh, how can we say, how do they try to remove the hadith as a source 
for the life of the Prophet and as a source for Islam as well. Excellent. Um, so with with re- regards to our podcast on, on the Orientless and the Seerah of the Prophet we will look at um, the, the Sunnah or the Hadith. The authentic Sunnah is the path of the Prophet Muhammad which he has shown to us and all that is contained in the vast body of Hadith literature is the Sunnah. Um, all that is contained in the vast body of Hadith literature is the Sunnah, provided it's authentic, authenticated by Hadith scholars. And just before going on to that, uh, a book that um, that I highly recommend, and there are other books as well. You've got some, some few yeah, books there, haven't you? Yeah, alhamdulillah, I have... Uh, <laughs> I rushed, uh, and and some of these books are really heavy to carry. Maybe you can grab it and uh, put, it, put it in file on the, on the uh, in that shot there, the Sheikh. There we go. Is this, oh, um, there we go. This is nowhere near um, Sheikh uh, Farhan's uh, Sheikh Farhan, uh, mountain. He, he brings with him. <laughs> he needs assistance to bring the books to the uh, radio station. He's probably got back problems, my like oh, no. from here <laughs> to the up books. To, up to here. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. So uh, one of the books, and of course there are other books. Um, uh, that uh, that uh, other sheikhs will, uh, recommend, but one of the books that I recommend um, to the introduction of the science of hadith um, is this book here by Dr. Uh, Sahab Hassan, an introduction to the science of hadith. A very uh, very brief one, very good, great. very like, introductory yeah. level and very basic. Yeah, yeah good for That's students good of for you. Uh, students of knowledge and um, some background knowledge on hadith and and and, and uh, hadith literature itself and mustalah hadith in general. So. How do the Orientalists um, attempt to dislodge the or remove the Sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the Hadith, as a source of the Seerah? They attempt. I mean, firstly, they attempt to show that Hadith literature came into existence at the earliest in the second century of Islam. In the second century of Islam, that's one of the ways that they attempt to dislodge or to remove the hadith literature um, as being the source of the seerah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And they have done major works in this uh, department. Um, and inshallah we'll go through some of the books and the refutations of uh, Muslim scholars um, uh, with, the, with this particular topic. Also another attempt, or they look at they, the second way that they um, attempt to dislodge or to remove the Sunnah, the Hadith literature, from uh, as a source of the biography of the Prophet wasallam, is they mention that the Hadith or the Isnad system, we mentioned before that the Hadith is composed of two parts, the Matan and the Isnad, Isnad being the chain of narrators. They say that the Isnad system is not reliable. And most of the Hadith, if not all of them, are fabrications brought into existence by political parties throughout the history of Islam, juristic schools, um, madhahib, in other words. madhahib uh, theological thoughts in the second and the third centuries of Islam. SubhanAllah. And we know that there has been fabrications of hadith no to support, but uh, the Orientalists in particular, they say that most of hadith, if not all, are fabrications after the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and their arguments and their assumptions of the previous Orientalist, it comes to a climax by an Orientalist by by the name of Joseph Shacht. He 
passed away in 1969. German? British German, yeah. British German, and he was a professor of Arabic at uh, Columbia University in New York. And he has a, a book um, that is widely known in, 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 in the field of Orientalism. It's known as the, the Origins of Mohammedan Jurisprudence. Now, his book, Shach's book, was the most in-depth book, in-depth monograph published in the West on Islamic law. So that's why it became very famous. It was probably one of the only books at that time written on Islamic law. So, subhanAllah, and we have a refutation of that book by one of the scholars of um, Islam here. If I can. So, on Shaykh's origin of Muhammadan jurisprudence. So, can we see that clearly? Yes, very good. So, this is by um, Sheikh uh, Muhammad, uh, Mustafa Muhammad, uh, Muhammad Adami. Um, uh, Mustafa Adami. Um, and he has another work here, which I'll show you a little, a little bit later. So in it, he um, refu- exposes the fundamental flaws of Shaq's methodology and assumptions that he has made about um, the uh, sources of Islam. So this is a good book to have, good book uh, to have in your library. It's amazing how our ulama, you know, yeah. recent and, and, and yeah. back in the day, yeah. how, how they have basically whenever these misconceptions were brought up, they have refuted them. And this reminds me of, you know, as, as you're a teacher of the Sira yourself, uh, when the Quraysh used to bring up all these misconceptions to try to prove the Prophet Sallallahu wrong, the Quran, Allah would send down revelation, proving their falsehood and clarifying the truth. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has basically, you know, in every generation, He inspires Subhanahu wa Taala, ulama, students of knowledge, to refute these misconceptions. That's that's a miracle in and of itself. Yes, yeah, Subhanallah, and a noble service that these scholars have done, and we as students of Islam, we should do the same as well. So one may think, okay, man, why do I need to read such books? It's so in-depth, but it is it is actually a noble um, profession, noble act that you're doing when you're getting acquainted with these books that our scholars have written. Now, what's amazing as well about <coughs> Dr. Muhammad Mustafa al-Azami, rahimahullah, is that he, he was a professor at the King Saud University in Riyadh, in Saudi Arabia, and he also has a lot of publications which he's more well-known for in the science of hadith and, and hadith literature, doesn't he? It, it, yeah, subhanAllah. And, and there's a lot of that. And one of them is the studies of early hadith literature, which was um, translated into Arabic, one of the few books that I know. And one of the first yeah. uh, one of the first books I read in, in hadith studies was for him. For I think him, uh, hadith, the brief, yeah. or there's a, he has another one, uh, which is, a, I don't know if it's the mukhtasar of that, but he's got a, a, a smaller one, green in color as well, but I forget the title. Yeah. I've got to find the title, inshallah. Yeah, yeah. So alhamdulillah, excellent books to have. I, I believe they are in Dar es Salaam bookstore. You'll find them there. We'll try to provide the links in, in, in the description, inshallah. Yep. And uh, this is what one of the one of the review reviewers said of, of, of this book. This work deserves to find a place not only in the libraries of educational institutions and research organizations, but also in the personal collections of every serious student of Islam and Islamic law. That's yeah. quite good. Yeah. Allah have mercy upon the Shaykh. Inshallah, we'll provide the links uh, for the viewers who are interested in that. So with regards to um, Orientalism, one thing we must keep in mind is that um, Shaykh's book on uh, on Islamic law 
on origins of Muhammad, Muhammadan jurisprudence, you'll find that um, just like in Islam when you study misguided groups, let's say for example, you're looking at the um, Sufiya, misguided group. Now, the Sufiya have different methodologies, but they're all under one umbrella, yeah, different tariqas. But they're all under one umbrella, but there are slight differences between each sect. Likewise, amongst the, um, the, the groups of Kalam, the Jahmiya, the Mu'tazila, etc., the Asha'ira, all of them are groups of Kalam, sects of Kalam, but they share some similarities and there are some differences. Likewise, in Orientalism, you'll find that there are different approaches, different methodologies, but they fall under the same banner itself. So some of the approaches of Orientalism, Orientalism is, or one of, the, one of the approaches is Orientalist revisionist, revisionist, Orientalist revisionist. Now, the revisionist approach to Orientalism, it involves re-evaluating sacred text and artifacts and critiquing uh, traditional narratives employed by the earlier Orientalist. So it's a newer form of Orientalism. So they'll look at, for example, the Qur'an, which is a sacred text for the Muslims. They'll look at the Qur'an and Hadith literature and say, this is not the true story. This is not the uh, true story. We need to look beyond the text. We need to look beyond the Qur'an and make our own narrative through critical thinking and critical analysis. And it doesn't matter if our own narrative that we have come up with contradicts what is in the text of the Qur'an and the Hadith. And the standard bearer uh, for the revisionist uh, approach to Orientalism was Ignaz Golzaya. He died in 1921. And Joseph Shaqs, uh, the one who wrote Origins of Mohammedan uh, Jurisprudence, his works revisited the um, revisionist uh, doctrines. Okay, um, And then you have another approach to Orientalism, and that can be classified as the neo-Orientalist or radical revisionist. They build upon Joseph Shaq's framework. They use his works as a framework. And what are some of their traits, the radical um, revisionist uh, approach to orism, um, uh, approach to Orientalism? What are their, some of their traits? They, number one, they are dismissive of any Muslim critique of Orientalism. So any Muslim critique of, of Orientalism, they're dismissive of it without even looking into it. Okay, that's that's the f uh, their first feature. Their second feature is their tendency to push the revi uh, uh, revisionist uh, Orientalist approach to uh, theories into extremes. So they could come up with any idea, any narrative. So that's that's their feature um, that they're known by. Um, that number one, we will dismiss any Muslim critique of uh, Orientalism. That doesn't matter to us. And number two, their tendency to push the revisionist uh, Orientalist theories into 
new extremes. So what were some of the positions this year? Did they have uh, positions that they became more known for? Yes. So some of their positions, subhanAllah, are the following. And they have many others. Um, the first one is, this is in no particular order. The first one is, they mentioned that the Qur'an, uh, there was no Qur'an. <laughs> there was no Qur'an until 150 years after the traditional uh, can- canonization date. The second uh, theory or the second position that they come up with is that the Qur'an and Hadith are collected scraps of prophetic logia, meaning his statements. The Qur'an is just the statement of the Prophet ﷺ. Hadith is just the statement of the Prophet ﷺ. Fabrications to compete against other religions, other theologies in post-conquest Iraq. Meaning after the Persians were conquered. Yeah. What it meant? Yeah, and a, a third position of theirs is is that this is a one that we mentioned before. They say that the Prophet وسلم, is a fictional character. Is a fictional character. He was a mere device to situate Islam's foundation myth in Arabia. Islam started, you know, in Arabia. So. <laughs> and um, so this is some of the subhanallah narratives that they have um, uh, that they are pushing. And of course, uh, uh, of their um, uh, positions is that uh, the, uh, they say that the earliest literature of Islam was authored by uh, Mesopotamian uh, uh, elite of the Abbasid um, of, of, of the Abbasid Iraq, and uh, they say that this literature, when it was authored, it's not uh, it's not history at all, but it's just a fictional salvation. Uh, history that's it it's just the fictional the scholars of that time just made it up made it up yeah just to give them an identity you know give history uh, and the yeah the arabs and the, and the muslims in particular the an identity subhanallah now um <coughs> apart from the book you already mentioned regarding um regarding the, the refutations is there any other any other such books that maybe we can read into to help us better understand the things we mentioned previously Yes, so this is very um, thick book, mashallah. Again, by the same author, Studies in Early Hadith Literature by um, Dr. Muhammad Mustafa Al-Adami. Again, in it, he refutes um, the, the, the assumptions made by the Orientalists regarding Hadith literature. And it's very important for every Muslim, and even a non-Muslim who's listening to understand how the hadith were preserved how they were collected at the time of the prophet sallam yeah. and how they made it to you know the the, the popular books of hadith uh, it's very important many people don't know that and this is one of the i think best written in english i think the sheikh wrote it originally in english didn't he yeah so he originally wrote it um in english and subhanallah then it was translated into uh, arabic um so subhanallah a very important book to have for the for the seeker of truth and not just uh, someone that just goes to Google and uh, the internet and finds things about Islam. Or and Subhanallah, you'll find that the many refutations that people have um, about Islam, they all have a have an origin in one of these uh, Orientalist uh, uh, works, which have been refuted in detail by Muslim scholars. Subhanallah. And and in in reality as well, the science of Hadith is one of the most. How can we say? Uh, one of the most dealt with topics by our ulama and they have 
like the, the the rules that were put in place, yeah. the work they put in. You know, if you read someone like Al Bukhari, yeah, Imam Muslim, and those after them who followed their way, yeah, uh, it is amazing in and of itself. Yeah, it's something unique to our religion, and no other system has, no other belief or religion or tradition has the 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 Isnad system like we do. Subhanallah, and it's a, it's a way that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala protected and safeguarded the the religion of His Subhanallah. Now, Sheikh, moving forward, um, what should be our approach to, to these types of views and in, 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 in the attitude towards you know the Quran and, and Hadith and the Sirah literature? So, Subhanallah, based on the assumptions uh, and the uh, and the assumptions, Subhanallah, are not supported at all. The assumptions that we mentioned, previously, as you mentioned, they've been refuted, refuted, and and they're not supported at all. Just as narratives that they're made up. Um, you know, through critical thinking um, about the uh, the Quran and the assumptions that they have about the Quran and, and, the, and the Hadith literature, the Orientalists have based their approach um, uh, to the Hadith and the, uh, and the Hadith literature um, and their views of the Quran. Um, it determines their their approach determines their attitude towards the Sirah literature. Okay, so one group of Orientalists, they take up the position that the seerah is made up of hadith material arranged in biographical order. But since hadith literature is not reliable, as we mentioned before, this literature is not reliable at all. The only independent source of the biography of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam we have is the Quran. Is the um, the Quran? However, the Quran is not chronological, and it restricts itself at best to allusions and indirect references. And as a result, hardly anything definite can be known about Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So that's the approach to the Sirah. We don't know anything uh, definite about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's life. In other words, you will not come to a conclusion about the details of who this person was sallallahu alaihi wasallam um and and then and they said this is a historical problem about him that we are in we, we just don't know who he was um so this is one approach to uh any uh, one group of orientalists they have this approach and if we leak, if we look subhanallah deeper into it the first group of the um, orientalists look at the um uh, the sirah literature as more or less another form of uh, hadith, which is near to the truth, uh, because the compilation of sirah literature grew out of the same urge for collecting and preserving hadith, the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu This is correct. However, where they fall wrong is they assume that there is nothing in the sirah which might be considered as an independent source of the sirah. So everything... Every narration that we that that they they come across, they say we must rely solely on the Quran for every uh, sirah incident and every sirah literature we find. There must be a source of that uh, of that of that in the Quran, and because the Quran, according to them, is not um, is a, is a, gives us an indirect reference to his life, we can never come to a conclusion about. Uh, the details of his life, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So, subhanallah, 
um, you know, their approach to um, hadith literature. So just to sum it up, in that um, opinion, in that approach, they say that um, that the only source of the Prophet Sira we have is the Qur'an. Any hadith that we find, we must uh, refer back to the Qur'an. However, the Qur'an has its flaws according to them and, um, and only makes indirect references to his life. And thus, as a result, we don't know who Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is in, in, in detail, who this figure is, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Another group of Orientalists, so why do we, and before we go into that, why do we mention that? Because sometimes you might find non-Muslims, subhanAllah, debate with Muslims online, whether you might meet them on the street or wherever you may meet them, they say, look, you don't know who your prophet is. Yeah, there's, there's nothing known about him. Where is he getting this information from? From Orientalists who have already done the work for him. Okay, so we we as Muslims must be able to refute this. And he hasn't had access to the refutals of those accusations. By That's right, by Muslim scholars. So he probably watches a YouTube video, reads a Google article or whatever it may be, and debates with a Muslim, says, look, the sources are not true. The hadith are not reliable. The Quran does not make, uh, only gives indirect references to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa So if the Muslim has not done his research, he is going to be uh, cornered. In that sense. So that's the first approach that we must be aware of. The second, another group of Orientalists, they treat the Sira literature as the opposite now. As the main source of the Prophet's life, they do not they do not ignore the value of the Quran. So what they do is they create um, a framework of the Prophet's life using Sira literature, not the hadith. They use Sirah literature, okay? But we know that the Hadith and the, and the Sirah literature, um, uh, they came about in the same time. Um, and, and, and the Sirah uh, literature was, you know, it, it, it um, came about through um, preserving the life of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So they create a framework of his biography. And what do they try to do now is they fit as much as the Quran they can in this framework that they have. So they only use Sirah literature, Maghazi literature, and they they don't include any Hadith literature, and they create a framework, and then they find Quranic verses to support this framework. And this these group of um, Orientalists are right in holding the view that the Sirah literature gives us a framework. They're right; it gives us a, a the Sirah no. literature gives us a framework, a broad outline of the Prophet's life, but they are completely wrong in assuming that the Sirah literature is different to Hadith literature or the two developed uh, independently, away from each other, then two separate compartments, or the Sirah literature developed at an earlier stage and the Hadith developed later on. So th- they were wrong in this, in this aspect. Okay? Um, so to sum it up, um, with regards to the Orientalist approach to Hadith literature, we can sum it up in the following. Number one is they take hadith or particular uh, report or narration in isolation without collating or supplementing it with Quranic or other evidences on the same subject. And we'll see this in our f- future podcast when we go to some sirah topics. Um, you'll see, oh, subhanAllah, I remembered 
you know that that in the in the first, uh, first podcast that this is the methodology of this this group of or you'll see it no so you'll see that they take particular reports in isolation without collating it with or supplementing it with quranic verses number 2 you'll find that they use weaker fabricated reports if they fall in line with a particular point of view of theirs with a particular point of view is there so they uh, point their principles and they search for what suits them yeah that's correct and this is like spinalize i say but maybe people might get upset with me but this is like the misguided groups they'll come up with their innovation and they'll look for reports to justify it hadith to justify it okay so with regards to for example the birthday of the prophet as we mentioned in our first podcast they'll say look it's allowed to celebrate and then they'll quickly look for hadith or verses to justify put it put a twist on it put a twist on go. it and subhanallah the same methodology is used by the orientalist with regards to hadith they'll make a uh, assumption and they'll use the weaker reports on that uh, assumption without taking into consideration the other reports on the same subject subhanallah that gives a different view because you know it's a stronger uh, hadith or an authentic hadith but they don't look at that they'll use the weaker uh, fabricated hadith the third um Uh, approach uh, to hadith literature is they take the report out of context and put a wrong uh, untenable interpretation to that uh, to that hadith and you know subhanallah we have all seen how some uh, uh, you know groups non-muslims even subhanallah uh, sects um use a hadith and they give a completely different meaning to it than what the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam intended Also um part of the approach is that they only take part of the report to support a particular point of view instead of taking the report as a whole similar to what they do with the Quranic verses if it's a long verse they'll just take the first part of it and just dismiss the the rest of it you know they take some of the book or some of the hadith or one hadith in isolation and they leave the rest, the rest. of the hadith that explain yeah uh, they take yeah. a report which has a general meaning and they leave the specified the meaning or yeah the other way around Yes, subhanallah, and that gives a different picture. 100%. Yeah. And in doing so, subhanallah, they impute uh they motives to reporters of hadith or even authors of books um that are that don't have any dalil to it. Um so subhanallah, they will criticize narrators, uh, they criticize authors by imputing um motives on reporters, subhanallah. It's uh, yeah. very important that we understand this, and and I believe it's it's important that we mention once again what we mentioned in episode one that the sources of the Sira uh, are the Quran, uh, is the Sunnah, the authentic Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, or the Hadith, and the Maghazi literature or the Islamic history literature or the Sira of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this has been in the Quran, as we know, every Muslim believes that it's preserved by Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and it's the miracle of Allah until the last day. Likewise, the science of hadith, it has preserved the sunnah and the sayings of the Prophet ﷺ up until our time, generation to generation. And the books of hadith are well known, and we all believe, especially about Bukhari and Muslim, so, yeah. that they are the most authentic books after the Qur'an. And then we have the, the books of history, especially in the, the, the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, which have been passed down to us by our ulama and the scholars after them up until today. So alhamdulillah, Muslim should take this as, 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 as an honor for himself. Yes, subhanallah. And, you know, one thing I advise the brothers and sisters is to seek knowledge. 100%. Um, seek that's what it comes back to in reality. Yeah, and that's just a general comment because you'll find in Australia, subhanallah, you have many centers of knowledge, but you must seek 
authentic knowledge, Islamic knowledge, um, whether it be of uh, aqeedah, and in particular aqeedah, subhanAllah, that's the most important. Um, so you find out where, uh, you know, the, the, the sources of knowledge are, the, the centers, the institutes of knowledge are, and, 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 and you sign up to a class, and you learn about uh, the, 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 the Islamic creed or Islamic theology, the aqeedah, the correct way. Because subhanAllah on the internet, what you'll find, it's a massive encyclopedia of information. You'll find subhanAllah watered down Islam. Uh, you'll find aqeedah which is twisted. Um, and then deviation which is pushed down the masses of Muslims as that being the sunnah. Which is in fact, it is not the sunnah. So we as Muslims subhanAllah, my advice to the Muslim ummah, the youth, anyone seeking Islamic knowledge, make sure that you attend lessons um, and attend centers which are sourcing the Islamic knowledge based on the Quran and Sunnah according to the understanding of the Salaf al-Saleh. Very important. Shaykh, I noticed you have one quite... uh Yes, yeah, subhanAllah, not, not many. <laughs> a huge uh, book there in front of you? Yes, yeah, subhanAllah, and uh, yeah, in the podcast, I, w- I wish to give, um, inshallah, I intend to give some uh, Sira books as we go along. So from my library that I have, uh, the English library. Uh, this book, subhanAllah, the compendium of the sources on prophetic narrative. I can't even hold it up, subhanAllah. Oh, watch it and pull <laughs> yeah. a, what is it? Pull a bicep? What is it? <laughs> you... I don't know. It gives me a form. <laughs> Forearm <laughs> injury? Yeah, subhanAllah. Um, subhanAllah, this was written by um, a female scholar of Islam. She passed away, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, have mercy upon her in I believe, 2019. Uh, Sheikha uh, Samira Zayed. Um, and originally this book, subhanAllah, was written in Arabic. Um, and she wrote it in six volumes that book subhanallah it's still available um, but it's for researchers advanced uh, researchers in the seerah of the Prophet so it's not like a bedtime read of the, of the it's, it's for advanced um I have to hold it up with like. Yeah, you can put it down. It's it. all right. They've seen it enough there. We want an army there for you. I need a spotter. We haven't got our first aid officer here today. I need someone to spot me. <laughs> um, so, Subhanallah, these are the two volumes. Look at this. So in English, it's two volumes of the two six, volumes. or it's Muhtasar. It's summarized. This is Muhtasar. This is summarized of the six. Of the six. So, Subhanallah, she wrote the. Uh, I wish I had the original here. Um, she wrote it originally in six volumes, and she's from uh, Damascus. Damascus. Um, she wrote it in six volumes, and it was, it's, it's, it's good for researchers, not as, not as a bedtime read, you know, like you, you want to go to sleep. No, no, it's not, it's not that. Um, and then she realized uh, that she needs to make a summary of it. So she wrote a muqtasar, of, of her original six... Uh, so they translated the muqtasar. So they have translated the muqtasar, and look at this, subhanAllah, as I said, this is amazing. So can you purchase these locally or overseas? Doesn't look I've never seen them before. No, you won't find them here. You'll find them online. Um, so I, I got it through online. And subhanAllah, if you look at the translation, it's it's the English is really good. So Stada Tamara Gray, and you know one for her uh, you know, rendering um no one for you know native speakers, subhanAllah. So um the English is very good. Um and the first volume, subhanAllah, goes up to 561, uh, you know, approximately 563 pages. So imagine, you know, over a thousand pages 
on the seerah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So it's a good book to have. Um, so tr- translation is good. Um, uh, it is, again, after you have read a couple of other books in seerah, I would recommend to have these two. It's at, at the moment, this is one of my top books that I... Um, uh, you know, if I want to give a lesson on the scene, I, 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 refer, I refer to. Have they included the Quran in Arabic and the Hadith in in Arabic? Yeah, so she's. They have. If you, if you, yeah, so if you look at it, if you look at her original work, she places it in chronological order, and she gives references to each is, incident from the, the the books of Hadith. This is found in At Tirmidhi. This is found in. So Bukhari. she sources the Hadith. She sources well. uh, the Hadith. Good. So Subhanallah. Uh, inshallah, I'll bring the Arabic. Um, I think I. It's a, the PDF is there. Um, once I, if I get my hands on it, inshallah, I'll, I'll bring it and uh, I'll show it to the audience. But if you can purchase the English, um, why not? Subhanallah. And you just um, uh, supplement it with the other readings on, on, on the seerah, um, uh, which the Sheikh mentioned, I think, in, in our previous podcast. Then the new, new translation, there's also uh, the sealed nectar. There's also the, uh, when the moon split, also uh, the one I had, the name slipped. Uh, Zad al-Mad For yep. um, That's been translated So subhanAllah have a, have a collection of it We can't say Look that There's one best book in Sirah This will cover everything As a student of Islam As a student of knowledge My advice to you is just um, Supplement um, Your readings with You know Once you finish one book Move on to another Because There are other benefits That are in other books That are, may not be in In in, in uh, you know, in some other books that you have read. Barakallah uh, fiqdi Sheikh. As you as you know, we can speak all night, but we've run out of time for tonight. Um, we'd like to thank you for being with us, and inshallah, uh, part three or episode three coming very soon. Any final comments? Jazakallah khair. May Allah subhanahu wa taala bless every single one of you listening. Ask Allah subhanahu wa taala. Uh, because the season of goodness is nearly upon us. Yes, the Hijjah coming up. The Hijjah coming up. So utilize your time wisely. The first 10 days of the uh, Hijjah are coming up. Uh, what's the date, projected date? Uh, it, looks, it looks like we'll be beginning what around the 19th? 19th 18th or 19th? 19th of, of uh, June. Uh, probably the 19th of June, I think it is. Around that, mm. 19th, 20th 19th, of June. Yeah, so, so, so next Sunday. Next Sunday. So another yeah, 10 days or so. Today, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 10 days or so uh, and they're the best days of, of, of the year subhanallah since you mentioned that Sheikh Arshad, we've got yeah. some good news for our listeners that from the 19th yeah. of June Al-Bayan Radio will be on 107.9 FM in Sydney Mashallah. for all the blessed days of the Hijjah yeah. until after the days of Ayyam al-Tashriq for a good few weeks so please spread the word from the 19th yeah. of June so from next uh, next week I think it is um, or about 8-9 days away Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be on FM, 107.9 FM in Sydney. So please spread the word they for can. the 10 days of the Hijjah will be on there and for the days of Eid and Ayyam yeah. al-Tashriq. They can listen to it on the app. And, and also they can listen radio. to Al-Bayan Radio on the app, on the Al-Bayan Radio app. You can download it from the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store or go to albayan.com.au and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Al-Bayan Radio Australia and our podcast channels on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and wherever you may find your podcast. I'd like to thank the Sheikh one more time. And I'd like to apologize as well as we've had technical difficulties uh, with the video uh, side of our podcast or our live podcast for tonight. Whoever missed out on the video uh, due to the technical difficulties, we will put the full link to the audio in the description and you can listen to the podcast in high quality audio. 
bi-idhnillahi ta'ala. Once again, I'd like to thank you all for listening and until next time, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam This program was presented by Al-Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah.